Good morning, everyone. I have got City Manager Rory Watt here today. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. I trust you had a productive time at the Southeast Conference. Southeast Conference was great. Uh, I think there was uh, way over 200 people there, maybe even approaching 300. Great to see all our our friends and neighbors and and just talk through all the initiatives and and issues that people are working on. And and you serve on the board over there, don't you? I just came off the board. I've been on the board for six years and I just came off uh, and our Katie Kester is now on the board. Oh, well, very good. Any advice you gave her? (laughs) Work hard. Work hard. And then work harder. Well, on the Southeast Conference as a whole, though, was there any emerging themes you saw or takeaways? Uh, I think the region is is uh, really cohesive right now. Uh, a lot of people focused on uh, energy projects, um, you know, either to uh, you know create economic development, lower the cost of power, reduce carbon footprint. So, uh, energy projects are very popular for a variety of reasons. Uh, tourism is big topic. Uh, you know, there's a great uh, pressure and growth in the cruise ship industry. Uh, we're all focused on uh, being able to hire people, and and you know everybody's struggling to hire employees. Whole region uh, faces uh, similar problems on housing. Uh, a lot of commonalities and a lot of cohesiveness. And on the energy side of things, though, I there was the announcement recently that. Juno Hydro will work with Tokyo-based energy company J-Power to develop a new hydroelectric dam at Sweetheart Creek. We wanted to know your reaction. Well, you know, they've been going after that project for a while, and so it looks like a positive step in that direction. Uh, Hydro projects, you know, they're really defined as being uh, very expensive, uh, generally inexpensive power, uh, and they last a really long time. You know, so our uh, Snedisham, which is, you know, the provider of most of Juno's power, uh, it was uh, funded by the federal government and has provided Juno with cheap power uh, for many years as in, and is going to continue to do so. Uh, so Juno Hydropower, uh, you know, they've got an idea and a concept, and uh, this is the next step on their project for them. So uh, congratulations uh, to them for, uh, you know, lining up some, some uh uh, capital behind their project. You mentioned Snedisham, but I was hoping, is there sort of a breakdown you could give us on how Juno gets its energy? Where Where's the main sources? Oh, you bet. So, so you know, we're all ALMP customers and ALMP, let's see, off the top of my head has, I think, five hydro resources. Um, I, okay, these numbers are not going to be perfect, but about three quarters of our power or 80% of our power comes from Snedisham. Mm. Uh, I think we've got, uh, you know, we also get power from Salmon Creek, uh, which was, uh, the dam was recognized as, uh, you know, having historic significance. Uh, the Lake Dorothy project, uh, the Gold Creek flume where people go hiking is, is the smallest. And then at Annex Creek. So I think I've named them all. Um, but about 80% comes from Snedisham. So but for Snedisham, uh, we'd pay a lot more money for electricity. And what would be, might the city be engaged with this project? How, how might they be? Uh, well, I think it remains to be seen. Um, you know, so I think uh, energy supply is super complicated issue. Um, and one of the one of the things that's difficult with uh, hydro resources is they come in chunks. Uh, so, 
you know, you, and when you try to line up your um, supply and demand, it's really difficult. Uh, if your supply comes later than your demand, uh, you're going to be burning diesel and paying more money. Um, if your uh, if if your supply comes before your demand, uh, then somebody's invested a lot of money uh, in energy uh, development, but they don't have anybody to sell it to. So really, really complicated and hard to bring on, uh, you know, a new a new resource um, when you have the the need for it. Uh, you know, right now um, we had a ton of rain this summer. Um, and we actually could have provided electricity to two more cruise ships this summer. Other summers, we wouldn't have been able to. So it's it's really complicated. And this concept of more sustainable energy, that's a priority over at the city, right? To try to get out of this diesel. It, it, it is, but uh, we don't actually uh, use very much diesel. So I think, uh, you know, this is sort of an ALMP issue as opposed to a CBJ ish- issue. You know, I think their byline is 100% hydropower 99% of the time because they're, you know, only when there are system outages do they uh, burn diesel. Uh, our energy goals at CBJ, uh, we've got uh, a number uh, and, and we target things that are more in our control. Uh, energy costs and energy sources at our CBJ facilities. Uh, so we do have buildings where we use uh, heating oil. Uh, transportation is a real opportunity. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, gas or diesel burning vehicles. So you've seen us a lot uh, purchasing electric buses and supporting car chargers. And, and the city itself has electric cars. Um, so we, we generally try to work on things that are more in our control. Well, there. Here's one thing that's definitely in your control: the election. <laughs> <laughs> no, the election. Well, running the election. Running. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, let me rephrase that. Uh, running the election. You know, a lot of people. A lot of people think I have more power than I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me restart here. I. The ballot came in the mail yesterday for me, Rory. So what what yep. do you say folks should do now? Okay, so we've got a vote-by-mail election again. Uh, you, you should have received your ballot yesterday or today or maybe Saturday. Uh, the voter information guide should be uh, dropping in your mailbox, uh, I think, on Monday. Um, you can always look up on the website. I think uh, Meredith, our public information officer, is posting uh, electronic copies of the voter guide. Uh, so you can vote a number of different ways, uh, same as last year. You can fill out your ballot and you can put it in the mail, but if you put it in the mail, uh, don't forget to put a stamp on it. Um, you can fill it out properly, look at the instructions, make sure you're putting your identifying information. Uh, you want your vote to get counted. Um, so you can put it in the mail. Uh, starting on Monday, uh, you can you can bring it to uh, our, our election center. So we've got uh, two two places where you can uh, drop off your ballot, and that information came with your ballot. So you can drop it off in the assembly chambers at uh, City Hall, uh, or at the Valley Library at Diamond Park. Or we have two drop boxes. Uh, one is uh, at the Douglas Library, and one is at the Statter 
uh, harbor boat ramp. Uh, those are secure boxes and you can drop your uh, ballot off there. If you want to vote in person, you can also show up at the election centers and, and our great volunteers will help you vote in person. So if you have any questions, uh, we, we want you to uh, get those resolved and, and come and get help. Uh, so any number of ways to go about it, uh, but uh, we put together a packet of information um, and you've got that in the mail. And of course our clerks are standing by uh, to help you. Now, I remember last year voter turnout was 30.8% and that was down from 2020's 40%. What are your hopes for voter turnout? Well, I hope everybody votes, uh, you know, and, and, and that's not realistic, but that's still my hope. Uh, you know, I'm always a little bit cautionary on the turnout percentage because the way the state of Alaska manages uh, voter registration, uh, people stay on the voter rolls for a long time um, because they want everybody to vote. So uh, our voter rolls have a lot of people that have passed away or moved out of town and they have been purged because uh, the, the state errors in favor of having, vote, having uh, the right to vote. Um, so if you look in Juneau, we have 28,000 registered voters. Well, we don't have 28,000 adults. So when you divide, when you do the math of how many people voted, you know, in a, in a bumper crop year, maybe 11,000 and you're dividing by 28,000, it looks like a smaller percentage of turnout than it, than it actually is, you know, but the truth is not everybody votes. And so we're always trying to figure out. Uh, you know, how to get people to vote, how to help people to vote, because, you know, the more people um, express their opinions, uh, the more local government is going to be responsive to the will of the community, and we're going to know what people want. There was also some uh, challenges with the U.S. Postal Service, the postmark ballot uh, issue. Has that been resolved, or has there been work to resolve that issue? Yeah, we're in continuous uh, uh, communication with the post office uh, on that issue, and so, you know, the best thing you can do, you've got your ballot now. Uh, we don't have to receive it until that first Tuesday in October. Uh, no need to wait. Just go ahead and vote, and uh, you know, if you're worried about uh, getting through the mail system, uh, like we talked about earlier, you can drop it off at the vote center or the, the drop boxes. Uh, but certainly if you mail it in now, you're going to be just fine. Very good. Now, one additional item to take up here today is Telephone Hill. Telephone Hill. Always a popular topic. <laughs> now, up to this point, I understand the Assembly's approved 100000 to begin redevelopment, but I understand there is additional funding on the ballot as well, right? That's right. So the, on Monday night, the assembly approved $100,000 to uh, come up with a development plan, okay. figure out exactly how to use that property um, on the, the municipal ballot in a, you know, that you have right now. And you know, the vote will be tallied in October. On the 1% sales tax, we've included some funding. Uh, we're assuming that any redevelopment plan is going to have costs, so we have $2 million in the 1% sales tax. What, what do you see as the possibilities with that land? Well, it, it, I think it could turn into some very significant housing projects. Um, 
there are old structures on the hill. Uh, there are renters in those structures who've rented from the state for nearly 40 years, some of them. Um, the state acquired the properties in the, in the 80s um, with funding from the city for a new capital. Um, and we're not going to build a new capital building. We've added onto the capital in all sorts of ways with, with adjacent buildings. Uh, I think the most likely outcome is we'll probably have a demolition project and tear down those historic structures that you know probably have not realistically had enough maintenance. Um, and we'll probably uh, take the crown off the hill and we're going to have several acres of uh, uh, high uh, zoning density land. Uh, and we're going to try and get several hundred living units downtown. Hmm. So trading housing for housing then pretty much yeah exactly trading trading old old uh low density housing for new high density housing i think is probably how i'd look at it mm. and what would be the process if voters don't approve that additional funding uh, if the voters don't approve the sales tax well that's gonna be a fascinating conversation um there are a lot of projects on that list uh we'll just you know say i mean that'll post. put a lot of projects up yeah. in the air but uh, yeah. as it relates to telephone hill what do you see well we're just going to regroup i mean same same as everything we put a lot of ideas out there and um if the assembly or the public uh don't like those ideas uh we try to come up with new better ideas so we'll just have to see okay well we'll be right back after the break stay tuned and we're back with city manager rory watt it looks like we've got a little bit of a theme going here uh future housing i wanted to talk to you about Pedersen hill yeah we had a lot of action the other night on uh, Pedersen hill i remember a couple years ago there was a whole plan drafted up and presented about Pedersen hill but i never saw that come to fruition what happened well the concept uh several years ago was to subdivide some city land and make uh, small lots that would result in affordable single-family homes. Uh, we got the first part of that right. We subdivided and uh, we built a road, uh, but all the builders uh, built bigger houses, uh, and I would say not in the affordable range. Um, you know, we lack all kinds of housing products, and um, you know that's what the builders wanted to build, and that's what uh, the public wanted to buy. Um, so uh, good for the community, uh, but didn't turn out the way we'd originally planned. We'd hoped for smaller, more affordable homes. And so now there's interest from two different agencies, uh, Moline and Regional Housing. What what are they What are they requesting? So uh, we have we have two requests, and the assembly uh, authorized staff to begin negotiations on selling city land. They each have proposed uh, to purchase about ten acres. Uh, the uh, Clinkett Hyder Regional Housing Authority uh, is looking to pursue uh, more conventional subdivision, um, uh, you know, smaller lots, affordable homes, uh, maybe putting some of those properties in a land trust that will guarantee affordability for a long time. Uh, so we're going to, you know, we're just kind of kicking that off. Uh, the other uh, private developer, uh, named Charlie Moline. His uh, company is Moline Investment Management. Uh, he uh, grew up in Juneau and uh, runs a property uh, development management business in Missouri uh, and comes back regularly. And he requested to purchase around 10 acres as well and is interested in pursuing uh, state low-income housing tax credits 
to uh, finance construction of uh, affordable multifamily uh, development. Uh, so he's made several uh, steps in that progress. So both of those projects could result in quite a bit of housing. With tax abatement being brought to the rest of the borough for housing development, might that come into play? Uh, it could. It could. So um, the uh, let's let's talk about the low income housing tax credit uh, program. It's a federal program where the feds disperse. Uh, tax credits to the state, and then the state gives them to developers, and then developers can sell those tra- tax credits as part of their financing scheme. Um, when uh, people uh, uh, ask about that, what it'll mean in Juneau, um, by the federal standards, uh, it'd be 60% of the uh, average area median income, which would mean for a single person about $50,000. So still a uh, good wage, uh, family of four, about $70,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have on our agenda um, the uh, abatement of property taxes for new multifamily uh, housing uh, in any market choice. And in, in, in that we would uh, not charge property taxes on about about 80% of the property taxes for 12 years. That's the idea that's before the assembly. Hasn't been adopted, but under discussion. But with the federal tax credits you explained, it sounds like if they are seeking that funding, then it goes more in line with what you were originally expecting with Pedersen Hill then, that it would be affordable since that falls into their guidelines, right? I think that's accurate. That's the market uh, that we were trying to hit. Uh, We need workforce housing. I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about how throughout uh, all of Southeast, we're all struggling to hire people. A simple issue that we have is Juno is an expensive community to live in. Uh, and we need our workers to be able to afford to live here. And another aspect of, well, I guess now this is a different topic, but it was during the league debate earlier this week, and one of the questions was posed about childcare and what the city can do to support it. I recall we've got the 1% sales tax, and that childcare is on it for the first time, but is there a route to more sustainable support? Well, there should be. I mean, the state has quite a bit of funding that they haven't figured out how to spend, and the federal government's uh, position or involvement is unclear. Uh, but, you know, everybody, um, as far as I can tell, supports uh, child care. Uh, CBJ supports it. Economic Development Council supports it. The uh, Juno Chamber supports it. The state chamber supports it. It's it, Everybody has recognized it as a problem. Um, Juno has been going it alone with local funds, trying to uh, help our local situation. Uh, but we really need the state uh, and the feds to participate as well. And I also had noticed on the Monday agenda that there were several projects over at the airport that's receiving uh, federal funding. Uh, could you share some of that with us? You bet. We've, we've got money to build a new uh, passenger bridge. That's the, that's the tunnel that you walk down when you get on the plane. Uh, we're, we've got a couple million dollars for uh, to upgrade the paving on the ramp. The ramp is the, it's not, not actually a ramp. It's a, the big, flat, many acres of pavement between the terminal building and air cargo. Um, you know, if you, uh, if you look at the airport, we have a tremendous amount of pavement out there that has to be maintained. Uh, the airport manager, you know, some days probably feels like the pavement manager. Uh, but we have $2 million of federal funding. 
and then we had additional uh, funds for the float pond project. Uh, so we've got access road, drainage improvements, uh, more pavement out there. Um, but uh, good news, so all in uh, nearly two and a half million or four and a half million dollars from the federal government for airport projects. Well, Rory, we're almost out of time here. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'd like to talk about baseball and the Seattle Mariners who are just killing it right now, and uh, go Ams. All right. Well, hear that, folks, on Problem Corner. <laughs> Thank you, Rory. Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you next time. See ya. And that's the program. Join us on Monday. We'll be speaking with Bartlett's new CEO, so be sure to tune in. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.